listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And welcome back to the studio for episode 211. Yes, sir. Welcome, yeah, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, you been getting into anything interesting this week? Uh, not so much. I've been uh, caught a couple episodes of um, uh, 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 Arrested Development. Oh, nice. Love uh, that show. Yeah, I'd never seen it before, so I've just been really? kind of having it on the background. Yeah. That's a great watch, man. It really is. I got I, I, when I first started watching it, I thought that it was, like, meant to be coherent. But then after, like, season one, I was like, oh, okay, no, they're not following up on none of these threads. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how, like, the uh, the the uh, preview for the next episode never contains scenes from, from the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I love the comedy of that show. But um, yeah, that's what's up. Uh, anything else? No, that's about it. I've just been playing more um, uh, uh Kingmaker. That game is, it's not Kingmaker. It's uh, Wrath of the Righteous. But uh, uh that shit is uh, that shit is good, man. It's it's like um, <laughs> it, it, unfortunately, I fell into the rabbit hole of like uh games RPGs with too much character creation options, man. It Oof. takes me a while to figure out, like, yo, what do I really want to do, right? Like, like, <laughs> how do I comfortably want to spend the next, like, 80-something hours in this universe type shit? So uh, that's been pretty fun. I'm making, like, this um, scythe-wielding lich uh, sorcerer. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be kind of gangster. I actually, that's one. I, I was immediately attracted to that because I love the scythe as a weapon, but it's such an... You so rarely see it in fantasy because it's such an impractical weapon, right? Absolutely. And not only is it impractical, it's exceptionally niche, right? There's very few people who use uh, scythes as offensive weapons. I was super surprised. One of the mobile titles I play, um, Honkai Third Impact, Yeah. one of the main weapon styles is a scythe. And I was like, okay. Exactly. Like, when you see it, you're always like, oh, shit, I didn't expect to see that. It's always a specialty item. Yeah, I mean, like, very rarely do you see a scythe as, like, a standard weapon type. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Same, man. Like, uh, like Otto was the one who recommended the game to me, so I immediately was like, yo, how do I build this? And so he started giving me the breakdown and shit, but... The game itself is is pretty dope. I really I really like the the, the progression of it, and how you're like this. You, <coughs> excuse me, you're essentially like this. Um, you know, it's like a doomed world, and you're like the savior that shows up, and you get all these badass powers from an unknown place. And the cool thing about this one is you get to choose sort of like how you develop it. It's called like your mythic path, and I think there are nine of them, including gold dragon, angel, demon. Swarm, Lich is the one I chose, Trickster, and a couple other ones that I don't remember, but it's it's been pretty it's been pretty fun, man. It's like, man, there's just so many options. There's like twelve classes and each classes has like six subclasses and then on top of those classes there are prestige classes that requires um prerequisites from previous from leveling up. So it's just there's this is Wrath of the Righteous. Yeah, Pathfinder. Uh, Wrath Pathfinder. Of the, uh, Wrath of the Righteous. And how is this a graphically like interesting game? Because this seems like really, really in depth. Like, can you? I can't even imagine trying to flesh out something like this visually. 
It looks pretty good, actually. It's sort of like um like a uh kind of like Diablo three, but not as zoomed in, right? Like somewhere okay. in between Diablo two and Diablo three, where it's like it's that's not bad. It's like zoomed out, iso- or more like a Path of Exile, Poe Path of okay. Exile. Uh, is that one? No, yeah. that's the game I'm talking about. It's the um, damn, it's that game that's online that's sort of like Diablo was not. I don't remember the name of it, but it's also called Poe. Mm. Path but, um, of Exile is is a Diablo like game. Oh, then maybe that was the, that is the one. Yeah, I'm I think you had it on, yeah, the, yeah, on the yeah, nose yeah. with that one. So it, it's it looks sort of like that, right? Where they're like um, like uh, uh they're they're not, they're fleshed out, but they're not like fully three D. Called third and person like isometric that. view. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's super fun. I'm I I decided to engage a dragon like way before I was supposed to fight it, and it was a horrible experience. A horrible, horrible. Ex- it's like uh, what really, really made me mad and like look to the internet, which makes me figure out that I'm way under leveled for this. Was like. Yo, they fucking trolled me, man. Again, like, so my, we go to fight the dragon. We sneak up on it. We get the drop on it as per, like, the quest objectives and shit. And he fears everybody. My main character goes running like a doofus. Everybody's kind of holding it down. But, you know, two levels too low. So slowly but surely, niggas is dying. Damn. Left and right, Slow niggas burn. is dying. You know what I'm saying? The worst. And then motherfuckers is getting feared. And so my main character is way down there in Timbuktu. And then he's just like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to run back to the fight. Oh, fear war off. Nice. And then the dragon looks at somebody that's not even in his direction. He was like, you know what? I want to go over there. That looks like a good spot. And everybody gets flame breathed and killed. I'm like, I need to see what's going on with this because this is yeah. some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But it's a fun journey, man. I'm enjoying it. I can see why it, it's been so highly rated. And I'm not even like, I'm only on act three of like eight, I think, or something like that. So nice. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And so where it's like a Diablo with a heavy character creator. Yeah, heavy character creator and sort of like a lot of options and choices that seem to be important, sort of like uh, the Mass Effect vein. Okay. Because the, apparently characters and, and I think your your character might might be able to... I know you have the ability to import your character from uh, King, uh, Pathfinder 3. So Okay. Uh, there does seem to be a connectivity in between the games. Unfortunately, I didn't play the previous one, so I don't know exactly how much it is, but it does look like your decisions actually matter in the long and short term. So that's another reason why I like uh, that, that sort of game. I love, I love the game. That's the, the old school Bioware vibe. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. What was the first game that that uh, that I experienced where it had carryover from prior games? Because there was definitely that's RPGs shit, that man. did that. It was very rare, though. Yeah, it is. I guess because it's so hard to keep, like, uh, the continuity in between games as far as, like, people and ideas and stuff like that. And also some of um, the ones that started on PlayStation, it was difficult to transition them. Like, the the trend came about when the franchises were on a single console, but once they started branching off into the next console, because I I think it was, like, GameCube, because I know Nintendo was probably, if I think, I'm trying to think of, of, of the game and... If there was a developer that I that I would say would do something like that, it would be Nintendo. Definitely, I guess. Um, and I want to say, um, oh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance had some some uh, amount of that uh, carryover. Uh, but I'm sure that there was tactics. ones before that. Because I'm thinking back on like Genesis. Wasn't there any games that if you had a save file, but there was no way for the Genesis to know that. Yeah, that was before my time. That was way before my time. 
Yeah, that was before they had a uh, a decent enough onboard RAM on the system to <laughs> to do something like that. Because like the PlayStation, you'd have to load different discs and stuff. I mean, it, it was like old school. You had to um, uh, uh in the old school, you you they, you had to write down a password so that it saved where That's you were. Right. They didn't yeah. even have the memory for a save file. Nope. But yeah, dude, that's what's up. Yeah, I like the the, the carryover adventures. They got more nuanced as yeah. As I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, apparently, uh, spoiler alert: uh, if you go when you go full lit, a lot of people ain't fucking with that. And I'm already seeing the writing on the wall because your paladin, aka your main tank, is already like, "Hey, bro, you need to step away from the edge." Damn. These powers they use, and I don't know if they're cool with it. All I'm saying is, you know, and it's every time you hear her talk, she's like, "I'd rather if I lose my weapon, I lose a tool. If I lose my way, I've lost my life." So you, she's already the, the game is already letting you know, like, "Hey, she don't fuck with the evil shit." You have to find you a black. She's gonna guard. make a very hard line once you. Once you ultimately become a lich and give up your body and shit. But I'm excited to see where it goes. Fuck it. Uh, Maybe you can turn her into a black guard. If you're a lich, you don't care, right? I I think so. I I, I think um, it's possible to, like, resurrect some of your team members as, like, undead special characters. So we'll see where it goes. That's why I got got the evil playlist out of the way. It's so funny. Like, I'm like, ah, I'm reading the evil choice. I'm like, I really don't want it. That's such a dick move. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me borrow your soul but, real quick. Like, that's the whole point of these games is because I know on my good file, I'm like, I'm not even going to second guess the choices. So I want to be able to see where this rabbit hole takes me and shit mm-hmm. like that. So it's been fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to beat that dragon's ass in a couple of days. <laughs> Coming back for revenge. I'm gonna whoop his legs, Charles. Damn. That's what's up. Yeah, I've um I have Witcher next on the docket, um, nice. but I definitely have not had time to watch anything as of recent. But um, yeah, let's go ahead. We can just jump on into some of these here topics. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. did you see uh Square Enix's Square Enix's New Year's announcement? No, I did not. What are they talking about? Oh boy, I don't know why they thought that this was the announcement to make on New Year's, but the the president of Square Enix came out to double down on their efforts to push NFTs in their games <laughs> and that um they want their online footprint to be largely intertwined with the ideas of the metaverse and I'm just like what that's so no good book well what kind of announcement is that like okay if that's your ride, internals Square, it was a good ride dude if oh my yo I'm yo I'm out hey yo if that's the route that they're really going to take like I heard him say it but I want to wait until they make a move on that because yeah. that one is sounds like that sounds like um kind of like a industry seppuku. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that I don't know if Square has that much goodwill in the industry to take that route and still uh maintain their player base because I mean, I don't think that you can harm the Final Fantasy 14 player base, but I'm pretty sure that everything outside of that will crumble. Like I can't see. I am honestly can't I mean, think of a single single Square Enix property that I would be interested in if it was infested with NFT monetization. I can see that though, but like the um, I can kind of imagine where their head might be because if you tie it to uh, the meta shit, that's all targeted towards young people, so it gives them like an automatic. Uh, it's an automatic youth form. Switching out the uh, their audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because right now they have a. I think that the that Square's 
core audience. Now, that's not to say that they don't make tons of ancillary sales from people who just look at the games and think they're interesting. I'm sure they make a great amount of money off of that. But I think that their core uh, demographic are people who have been Square fans for a long time, Mm -hmm. who are brand, you know, franchise, you know, uh, 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 fans. And I don't think that those kind of people, given the um, the trajectory of NFTs right now, are going to stand by and just let that let that pervade the art that they love. And it, it's pretty much I just think on a signal twenty twenty two is like the year that uh, Square hard pivoted away from that, away from those uh, uh, core fans towards, as you said, the young. Um, and old, just the outliers mm-hmm. audience uh, base, because that's the thing is, is like we talk about or I talk a lot about the amount of young people on the Internet, but there's also a lot of really old people on the Internet. And it's mainly a function of just who the fuck has time to sit on the Internet yep. It's people who don't work typically and who doesn't work the very young and the very old. If you're not aware, like the employment in this country, like is very high. You know what I mean? Ninety something percent of the people who can work do work. So who the fuck is on the internet? You know what I mean? Like if we're you know, so, it it really is a situation where they're targeting the most vulnerable demographics because children are inexperienced and old people are also inexperienced, but just in a different way. They're just not experienced with the current technology. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. and young people are just inexperienced socially in how to deal with environments where you have anonymity and, you know, empowerment. And so, yeah, they're, they're, it sucks that they're going to hard pivot towards that. Because that, that feels like what Konami did when they hard pivoted towards gambling machines instead of actual video games. It was like... Ah, oh, that's clearly a money play. But are you going to at least maintain your gaming IPs with that huge income of uh, coming from gambling? Nope. <laughs> and so I really hope that that's not what Square Enix is doing. You know what I mean? Like, that really, that would really suck, you know? Because that, that feels like, you know, fumbling the bag. Because really, all the, I mean, ah, with such a pillar, like Final Fantasy fourteen that has millions of of recurring subscribers you know what i mean who also spend money on ancillary shit it generates merch and all kinds of of stuff you know anything that spins off or collaborates with it is a money maker why oh why we it just it just feels like a a a a a, a misplay but you know i can't I can only do but so much prognosticating. Like we, I, you know, we got to sit back and see where this goes. But I really hope that they don't go all in with all of their IPs, and they, um, because he was also talking about how they will be using them in their single player experiences, and I'm like, I don't even know how you would really do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't even like is the game an NFT? Like are you selling the game individually? Like yo, you want to buy this game for ten Gs? <laughs> It's a piece of art. And I'm like, okay, well, that'll be interesting. You know what I mean? Like, that I honestly would be more interested in. And then see how that person chooses to proliferate that piece of art for other people to indulge in. I don't know, but I don't think that's what they're doing. That's not. That's not what they're doing. Not at all. They're simply, they're moving to a more stable market. 
is that a more stable market? Because it's very young, and yeah. it's really difficult it's to say how young, stable a market is. It's very young, but it's constantly being... What I mean by stable is it's constantly refreshing, right? You don't need the same people to remain in it when it's constantly being oh, filled with Oh, it's a demographic that recycles the yes. youth in it. and yeah. faster than other demographics, too. Because once you get older, your interest is your interests start to broad out, broaden. Mm-hmm. But when you're younger in that age, your interest is pretty much whatever the hive mind is interested in. So if they link up with Facebook and pretty much, you know, it's it, it'll just be like what it happened with um, monetizations and mobile games and when it first started. It's just a new type of monetization. And we're seeing how toxic that shit was, man. Well, and at least the <clears throat> NFTs aren't gambling. Like the gambling yeah. in particular, I think, was super fucked up. Because gambling is a very insidious, and it exp- and gambling addiction expresses itself in so many different ways, and addiction in particular is something that it's a behavioral issue that can be you can you can have you know it can be onset by anything in your environment, and it can transfer to anything else in your environment. That's why when you're trying to quit alcohol, it's not smart to switch to cigarettes. Because the addictive behavior is still present, and you're very likely going to just get addicted to a different substance. Similarly, if you have gambling issues and you're exposed to these, especially at a young age, if you have the predisposition behaviorally to to gambling addiction, this shit is going to take you over. And you're not going to notice it. It's very insidious, the way that they did it. And so, yeah, that form of monetization was was very psychologically damaging. I don't know if NFTs carry that same level of harm with them, but I don't think that I just don't think they're going to promote the art or, or the positive aspects of the art that that uh, I think that we all come to the genre to appreciate. You know what I mean? I mean, man, you're thinking a little too far ahead. They got to see if that shit even works, because lots of companies have announced that they're putting NFTs in their shit only to immediately rescind that exact statement. They did. And or just backpedal it mm-hmm. and change it in some way because their fans are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that's we why I said we got to see what the actual game. actions are. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's all great. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like one of those things. It's like sleazy executives will always try to bowl the sleazy bowling ball down the alley to see how many pins they hit. <laughs> you feel me? It's up to us to be like, nah, 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 you can't. No, just yeah. So I, I, it, I really hope that the fan um, response was enough. And see, that's why it's so insidious the way YouTube removed the dislikes from the video, uh, from the public view, because we should be able to see that. Even though I did download the the little extension so that you can add the dislikes back to YouTube, and it's it's yeah, it, it's interesting. I see because the engagement has definitely gone down. I've noticed like the engagement on the likes versus dislikes has gone down. But at the same token, the likes and dislikes go up and down. Like, I've noticed, like, on a video that I watched that might not have a lot of engagement on it, that the likes and dislikes actually go up and down far more frequently than I've ever seen. Like, it's pretty pretty weird. But, um, yeah, it, when we could see that, it was very obvious that the point was getting made to Square. But now that it's hidden, you know, people like Square can't use that as a metric anymore. There's no way. Well, I guess the content creator is because they put out their own stuff on their own channel, so they oh, can no actually. Worry. They'll, see know. Like, They'll know. They'll <laughs> know. In, in the age of media, they will know. People will let you know what they think about the stuff that you create. Don't you worry. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that there's um a separation between the people who make decisions 
and the people who you know what I mean. And yeah, so of course, to get and that, they're just gonna to, have to, to learn that. by you know making mm-hmm. bad decisions and having it not pan out. Yeah, um, I just I also fear that they they're so big that they can just push a bad idea. And since they're targeting a market that refreshes so much, they'll just wait till for it to catch traction. Well, yeah, that's the initial plan anyway. That's the original plan is to hook them by any means necessary. Yeah. and So it's just a matter sucks. of adjusting until you do. And it sucks I mean, they're going to target kids anyway because they're the best market to, market to target for all anything that you sell, period. Absolutely. They, they spend indiscriminately because um, they don't work for their own money. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, yeah. And I hope that the... Uh, that the backlash is definitely effective at, at letting them know that they will lose a significant enough of the player base that it won't be beneficial in the short run. Like, they'll take too much of a of a shareholder hit in the short run trying to do this that it's not worth it for the long-term play that they're looking for. Um, but the long-term play only really becomes invalid if legislation comes into play and they attempt to, to regulate this industry in some meaningful way because god forbid they they manage to to migrate and everything over into this metaverse uh kind of platform it's gonna it's gonna be real bad if they don't regulate loot boxes in this environment it's gonna be bad news bears because it was it was bad enough when farmville started getting into the random loot mechanics Back when uh, that was popular 10, 20 years ago. Damn, how old is Farmville? That's just like 15 years old. Pretty now. old. You know, um, it was bad. It was one of the most predatory monetization. And, and it's all because of the proliferation of the Facebook platform and the trust that people intrinsically have on that platform. It's real dangerous, you know, and, and Square is a big enough company to where the people tr- uh, the people who uh, consume their products trust them so much that especially the younger ones that they're going to be soft to a lot of this and they don't need to get everyone they just need to get enough of them and that shit sucks that's the plan that shit sucks man um it's, it, it, i i feel like the environment in gaming is such that i don't know it's it's almost and, and not physically as dangerous as like the sports entertainment field but like i don't want my kid playing football because it's dangerous, you know what I mean? Like, running headlong at each other is just not a practice that we should train ourselves for, in my opinion. In the same way, the gaming industry is becoming exceedingly toxic and predatory, and I don't want to encourage him to get into a hobby where there's mines everywhere, and he can only really healthily engage with it if he learns how to dodge claymores. Like, for fuck's sakes, you know? That's, that's not a—I don't feel comfortable— exposing my son to that kind of hobby you know what i mean but yeah i really hope that the industry at large takes a a turn away from this man because it isn't good but that's why i i made such a concerted effort to buy old consoles and have like old games old physicals because i can separate that from the industry walk away and be like listen this is just the games we play you know treat them like board games you know what I mean? And then and, and have that be its own separate thing, separate from the gaming industry at large that is this big predatory edifice. Because that shit, mm. Yeah, bees like that. Until he's old Every enough to where he can engage with it less well. video games. Say that again, I'm sorry? 
Every year I play less and less video games, and it's not because I like gaming any less. I know! It is the fucking worst, dude, because I very much still have the, a passion for gaming. But I absolutely do find myself, and it's not just due to my responsibilities, because I'm pretty good at my own time management. You know what I mean? I could always make time to do the things that I want to if I just budget it well, but I just find myself less engaged with the actual industry of gaming which kind of takes my enthusiasm away from going out and spending 80 hours in a world at times, you know? But as I said, hopefully the industry at large takes a turn and that, that would definitely, I find, uh, would invigorate me to be enthusiastic about again. Um, but yo, did you see, uh, so global sales models uh, or global sales numbers have been coming back from last year, from last fiscal year. And it's looking like the whole um, regional release model it's kind of dead in the water, man. The numbers right now for the globe, because 2021, because of how much um, uh, of the industry had moved digitally, global uh, releases, um, simultaneous releases, uh, have become more popular. And uh, boy, the numbers show you're just better off. The First of all, the, um, the staggered release is just pirate's heaven. <laughs> people yep. pirate it facts you know put their own language filters over it and distribute it to to underground communities and that seriously depresses sales um abroad they also found that people people don't like to feel like they are being treated as second class consumers they don't want to be treated like a second class consumer and so a lot of uh global markets feel like their their product is dumbed down or not as uh not as um feature rich as what's released in the original releases whether that's true or not it is true in some games it's not true in all games and so um yeah uh that seemed to have affected sales um as well as the distribution not staggering your your distribution saves you a ton on just the pure logistics of it just the logistics of distribution um globally even if they don't even if they don't launch on the same exact day having them within days or weeks of each other still uh still show to have a significant um benefit to sales numbers which hey man i've always said that there's there's some underlying um uh uh habits of the gaming industry that just don't they just don't stand up anymore yeah, they, they they just the don't make any changed, sense man. um globalization um localization is especially because of fan communities is absolutely you have no excuse for your localization to be bad or late yep. it really shouldn't be a thing in it's just whether of, you want to spend the money or not in the world of amazon and like simul dub anime releases yeah mm -hmm. no, you really don't <laughs> you can do it if you really wanted to and 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 the 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 funny part is is that English is a particularly difficult um, language to uh, to have auto subtitles generated for, because of how many words in the language are made up. <laughs> like we make up a lot of words in our language, and it's difficult for subtitles to to get pronunciations correct. And we have a lot of words that are homonyms; they sound the same, even though they make they they mean different things. Other languages can auto generate subtitles a lot easier than than um english and so yeah that that kind of idea that you know oh well you know it's just so much more work and effort it's, it really doesn't stand up anymore so i'm really glad to see that 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 um 
that particular uh, tradition is going away from the video game industry. But that I don't think was the most toxic thing. That was that's that's a, a drop in the pond of things that need to change in the industry for it to actually be on the path to to actually creating the level of art that it could be at this at this juncture in in its um in its life because video games is a very young art form you know what i mean uh and yeah, i and i consider it comparatively hell yeah yeah and it's it's a hugely collaborative one now i think that it's in terms of scale it's so I, we had a conversation about the collaborative art of like the Sistine Chapel versus a video game and it's like maybe a hundred versus a thousand, but the communication ability for that thousand people is way much. Those thousand people don't even need to be in the same state, country even. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they aren't, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Whereas COVID like made people have to get around that limitation. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. And even before then, um, like uh, a lot of CG would be done in like Singapore, mm -hmm. and then you know Absolutely. sent across to to wherever they are doing the um the there final are, edit. And there are like hundreds of CG houses, and they yeah. a lot of them specialize in different things. So you got to get your water from here, you get yes. your buildings from here, you get your crowds mm -hmm. from here, you get your weather from over there. So yeah, the communication technology facilitates that to a huge degree. So I think that actually it might. Be, it might even be easier to do it today than it was back then, even with less people, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, so I think that collaborative art has existed for a long time, to say that. Um, but I think that the expression of collaborative art is being stifled by the need for resources to go into that collaborative art, because you know, the more collaborative the art is, the more expensive it is ultimately to produce. And so that requires more uh financing and that also brings more restrictions mm -hmm. you know what i mean and not just that more input from people who might not actually care about the art and that i think is where the imbalance today that didn't exist in the past and that that's why the situation that let's say video games or cinema is in today is unique and needs to be dealt with um, if we're going to see progress in the industry of collaborative art um, at large, you know what I mean? If we can't learn to either culturally or or industrially mitigate the the influence of of finance in art, then it's it's just going to become as I think that we I think we aptly described it's just bad art. We're just going to get a whole lot of bad art, you know, it's and that's going to suck because we are more empowered today to have artists working and doing the things that they love, you know, but that, and is, technology. that is unfortunate, uh, unfortunately a byproduct because you mm -hmm. have the accessibility causes because everybody can do it. And anybody can mm -hmm. do it. You're going to have more amateurs. And so, yes, there will be an abundance of, of shitty art in comparison to the good ones. And especially in comparison to previous times, because previous times, like you couldn't do art unless you had money. Mm -hmm. Feel me? You had True. to have <clears throat> a patron. Me. You had to have some nigga like yo. Feel me? Someone had to be some like, yeah, back. yeah. You can just do art. That's cool. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But now, like, everybody has a phone that you can use to make mm -hmm. a film in some way, shape, or form. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has access to the internet that you can proliferate that very video. So, well, it I would makes differentiate it... that between content and art. So, there's some people like everyone can make content. True. But there's some people making but art. But art is subjective. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's difficult to just be like, that's not art because of how you... you no, 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 but even content creators call themselves content creators and not artists. 
I mean, you I know f- what I mean. I feel it, you. It's it's a genre, and I'm not. But I'm it depends. Not diminishing on, again, one or the other. it depends on the type of content you're creating. Yeah, and your you your content could be art, absolutely, but they are definitely different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, and and that's not to. And as I was just about to say, it's not to diminish content creators. They're just doing something different. You know what I mean? And we should differentiate that so that people can interface with it uh, more genuinely. I think because I think that a lot of and that's why people are so attached to certain things that are just content. They're not art, but they're interfacing with it like it's art. And so we get people having these wildly disparate reactions to shit. They're like, yo, that's just content, bro. Chill. That's just for chuckles and laughs. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to establish a, a, a comedic universe around this. And, you know, that's not what was going on, you know? And so, yeah, I think that uh, having an understanding of where content versus art is, I think that's what I was really trying to get at before. We need to culturally establish content versus art because art, I think, benefits from the patron model, as we were describing before, whereas uh, content benefits from the corporate structure finance model, you know? And your content never suffers from, from being more inclusive and all that stuff, but sometimes your art does because your art's supposed to be an expression of something unique, maybe onto the human. Maybe, in, in, in my opinion. Um, but whereas the content is made to be generally consumed. Whereas you're, you're not supposed to like all art. I don't think you're right. Because the art might not be something that you connect to. You know what I mean? Whereas content is generally supposed to be made in such a way. When I say content, I mean like internet content. Um, is made in such a way for ev- to be palatable for everyone. You know, like Drake. Drake is content, not art. Whereas uh, even a Kendrick Lamar isn't palatable to everyone. The amount of times that that the 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 life experience that he's that he's delineating in his music isn't palatable to everyone. Whereas Drake is speaking about a life experience that anyone could have gone through at any given point in their life. Whereas not everyone will experience the violence that Kendrick's gone through. You know what I mean? So I think that there's a very different uh, thing there, and we should interface with them differently. That's why I don't like having Drake Kendrick. In that case, I would say that's just a different type of art, you know, because it's like doing something that appeals to everyone is not not always easy, you know what I mean? And that's why I said your content could be based around art. Sure, I'm not saying it can't, but not all content is art. That, that's all I'm getting at. Yeah, and I d- didn't disagree okay. with that. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think that that's a very uh, uh, worthwhile distinction to make, um, especially as we go into to, to discussion on the uh, gaming industry in the future. But, yeah, uh, moving on from that, dude, Image Comics started uh, the writer writers and i believe letterists and art illustrators at image comics uh formed the first comic book union damn yeah bro i was like damn it's not that surprising that it's the first comic book union but that's awesome yeah and um so their letter to management on their memorandum of of understanding stated that they were unionizing because of workplace precarity and lack of diversity in the workplace and um the i don't the, the the diversity part I don't know how that gets settled. That's that's a very very difficult thing to fix in any kind of institutional way. But um, in terms of the workplace workplace precarity, 
because of COVID and their inability, I guess, to 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 meet up and do a lot of physical work because they're trying to produce um, printed medium, it and of course the slowdown in the print industry at large uh, put a lot of their jobs in in an unsteady place. And so, yes, this is exactly why you unionize. You know, this is exactly the kind of thing that you need uh, to 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 organize around because. The first, let me tell you, I'm sure that the uh, up tops at Image Comics, and I'm not saying that everybody in the structure, but the executives, the financial people would love to just say, you know what, fuck print. Why don't we just go over to digital comics? We will freelance digital artists to, to do the storylines. We'll hire writers. We'll get the writers to write the storylines, and we'll hook them up with the with the art uh, illustrators and letterers, and we'll make it all happen without having a code. They would love to be able to just use independent contractors rather than have a unified workforce of of uh, writers and, and artists uh, under on their staff. And so, yeah, just like COVID Uber. gives them. All, I'm sorry. Just like Uber. Absolutely, and COVID gives them all the reason to disenfranchise their their staff. And make them either accept the the uh, the new remote type uh, subcontractor workplace that they would like to to set up, or just fire them and hire new writers under the new auspice that they would like to uh, impose on the workplace. And the only way to stop them from doing this is to collectively bargain, because once you collectively bargain and you unionize, it becomes illegal for them to do that. And that's the fun. That's the worst part about union busting, is that they tell you that the union is never going to be in your best interest, knowing fully well you don't even have rights until you unionize. You have zero rights as an employee until you unionize. So the very idea that you shouldn't unionize is disingenuous on the face of it. Of course, of which we all knew, but this is just the kind of information that. Even though you might feel it's wrong, this is why it's wrong, you know, because the only time that you have rights as a worker is when you've unionized. Otherwise, the only rights you have are stated in your employment contract and you didn't write that. And I guarantee you, your, your, your company is not giving you rights. They're not giving you the ability to control your workplace and to, and to, to, to own your labor value. They're not doing that. That ain't, that ain't what's in that labor contract uh, that you signed when you got hired. So, yeah, seeing the 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 comic books, uh, the comic book uh, writers, illustrators and letterers unionize that, uh, in, in image comics. That's a that's a huge, huge move. Um, but, I, you know, if it starts to become popular in the um, in the uh, comic book industry, it's going I think it's going to put the uh the comic book end of marvel at odds with the cinematic end of marvel it's going to very heavily put them at odds because the decision to to use their material isn't up to the the marvel comic producers and the legal at at marvel cinematics is not interested in paying them and so it's going to be real real uh, uh tenuous to see how how this affects what goes on in the MCU, um, especially because they plan so far into the future. Like I could just see them saying, you know what, F it, we'll just go another direction. But they've already had so many plans and they've already drawn on so much uh, of the comic book universe that they can't really 
course correct on that now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely can. That's the beauty of the multiverse, Kari. Don't you remember? <laughs> Anything is possible. But what about the stuff that they have planned? Like, it's already in the future that, that might be... I mean, if, it, if it's already twice. been... As long as it hasn't... I mean, even if it has been filmed, you can always retcon something. That's what writers are for. You can always just change it if, you, if it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and do reshoots? Well, if it hasn't happened yet, you don't need to do reshoots. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, a movie that's coming out next year or the year after that is mm -hmm. probably ha started shooting already. You know what I mean? And so, because they've got to go through, like, a year of digital editing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff, you know... In the next 18 months, the the rights of the comic book artists could change. But then again, maybe the legal the legal's only going to fight it if there's if there's an opening to fight. If there's no opening to fight, they'll just probably just pay them, no? Um well the thing is, they're not gonna if a movie has its rights in litigation, it's not getting made. Mm. So it, 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 there wouldn't be so you know what I'm saying? Like if 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 they're making a movie right now. And it started going into legal rights. That movie is no longer getting made. Gotcha. They, the, the studio does not like to go through that trouble. Really interesting. I saw this. Um, <clears throat> I saw this one random YouTube interviewer where this writer who um, I don't remember who exactly he was, but he was basically just talking about the industry and how people treat you and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, I've had a lot of my scripts stolen in Hollywood. Wow. And he was like... Scripts? Yeah. Like, nigga, that's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. Like, because you'll go to the studio... To, the studio will, like, option <laughs> Yo, a script. What? You'll write it. They'll pay you for it. And they'll be like, all right, if we use it an X amount of time, then we pay you a full amount. If we don't, then it just goes into our backlogs or whatever just to stay there forever. Wow. Then two, three years later, change of leadership. There's a script in the backlog somewhere. They're like, oh, so they just change a few things. And they found it and made it. And he threw up a stink about it, and they pulled it, and the movie disappeared. And then he said when he later talked to his lawyer, he was like, that's where you fucked up. What you do is you let them finish making the movie, and on opening weekend, when they drop the trailer, <laughs> when they drop like the sort of opening week trailer, that's when you bring up all your evidence, because they're, they're too deep in at that point, and they, yeah. can't, they can't pull it back. Now they just have to share the money with you. Because I was thinking, like, Hypothetically, if this whole David Aja thing uh, had happened with the Hawkeye and he was unionized, I don't think that they would have even made a stink about his request to, to negotiate um, because he has the power of the union. He would is 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 Mar Marvel Cinematic Legal going to risk having Marvel print strike because they just don't want to pay one person or. You know, if they don't want to set a precedent, even though the union has the union, obviously, is going to bargain for their employees to always have that in their contracts. You know what I mean? Like, what's the fight there? Like, you might as well pay them because you're going to pay ad infinitum into the future to fight that going into the contracts. So, you know what I mean? Like, is that a legal fight that they would take up? I don't think so. I think it's a lot more amenable to fight knowing that it's just a guy. You know, it's just a guy and his lawyer, you know, with no you know, with no legal standing whatsoever in the current. And and so, yeah, once again, showing how important it is for collective bargaining in any industry. It doesn't matter what industry it's in. Um, you're always better off in a group when you're dealing with a, a, a corporation because they that that's how they maintain their power over the workforce is atomization. It's Just, called leverage. Yeah, they have all of it. 
they have all of it when it's one be be them but yeah so yeah i, I thought that that was a, a a super cool uh development for for the video uh, i'm sorry the comic book industry but yeah moving on from that uh <laughs> You know, before I get too deep in the episode, I would I definitely want to give a R.I.P. to Betty White because we brought her up uh, when we were doing the roundup, but we didn't properly eulogize her because she had passed away in in January. But uh, yeah, man, Betty White was a real one, bro. Mm -hmm. Like after her passing, one thing I did not know about her that just made me love her all the more um, is how much philanthropy she did in complete secret with no intention of ever getting recognized for it. Um. Granted, the vast majority of the philanthropy was for animals, um, animals in distress. <laughs> no, 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 listen. Given the way humans it's are funny. acting, I'm I'm not mad at her. No, but, I'm um, not mad she, at her. She, well, it, it well, tracks. Yeah, because she did. Um, it was mostly to to save like animals post uh, natural disasters. Um, but yeah, it, listen. Humans have literal governmental edifices to save us, and the, and and the nature, the animals, the ones that are going to reproduce the environment that 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 we would like to live in, they had nothing, and so I think that it, it says also, something about a person. It's her to do that. money. Do Absolutely. your thing with your money. And I love that she did it with completely under the table. She didn't, well, not under the table, but she did it with no publicity. She's doing it because she loved it. Absolutely, it was the right thing to do. You know, she saw a, a, an issue that needed to be addressed and addressed it. And so, yeah, dude, like, not, not just that, her comedy, everything about that woman's life seemed really exemplary, man. Um, I got to give it to her. Like, that's that that's a woman who who really held it to the very end. Because, I mean, that, she was out talking and, and, mm -hmm. and I, mean, I say talking, she that's a big great. crazy thing. But she was in the public eye well yeah, into her 90s. Yeah, she great, man. You know what I mean? Acting and everything, man. Yeah, dude, just... just Definitely a, a rest power to her. My first time ever seeing um, Betty White was definitely in Golden Girls, but oh, I didn't yeah. like Golden Girls back then because, you know, I'm a fucking, I was like seven, uh, I, was that, I was probably like 10 years old. So I was like, what do I care about if I get a bunch of old ladies? But uh, somebody in the house used to watch it and I would remember seeing it frequently. But I didn't know Betty White until I saw Lake Placid. And it was just, yeah. that was the first time that I'd ever seen her character, which is the juxtaposition of a, a, an adorable old lady with an, with, an, with an exceptionally filthy mouth. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I'd, I'd seen that uh, juxtaposition. And it, it, she stuck with me ever I never forgot Betty White after that. She's just been It was always funny because it was so starkly contrasting to, yeah. to her Golden Girls character. And she was like my, my favorite character in Golden Girls because the other, like, uh, the tall sister was just so she was always uh, like, such a stickler, yeah, for the rules. And then uh, Blanche was too promiscuous, and then the grandmother was just a cantankerous <laughs> old woman. But the grandmother White had kid, the one-liners, bruh. She was she was hilarious, dude. And she, I definitely learned to appreciate that character as I got older. But Betty White's character was always so soft-spoken, and I loved her character for that. Um, but then, yeah, being exposed to to uh, her actual comedic uh acumen oh yeah. man just she was she i loved how it was always strategically placed man she yeah. she had some dirty shit to say yeah. but it was funny it was funny uh, it wasn't just shock value she did that was super awesome is she would say it with a really casual and like straight daring voice yeah like absolutely she's not saying it to be shocking oh you're just a fucking bitch 
Yeah, you know, yeah. She, she wouldn't. She wouldn't emphasize it in any way. She'd she still was on just this, be like, oh, she like she's paying you a compliment. I think it's called "It's Hot in Cleveland" or something like that. That's funny. Um, but yeah, oh man, she was in her element, man. She was the the show was pretty much her roasting three younger female comedians for doing <laughs> dumb shit that you see typical white Classic American Betty. shit yeah and, oh man she her commentary was the best but yeah I wanted to give her a rest in power man I didn't uh, I didn't properly eulogize Damn. her when we spoke to, spoke about it the other day but yeah moving on from that um dude did you see uh this Elizabeth Holmes chicks trial finally wrapped up. They found her uh, guilty on four of the 11 fraud charges, none of which are going to carry any kind of uh, major jail time. But this was the part that really I found super telling about it. And this is an, and, and, and this is why I will always maintain that Americans are trash culturally. Just they, they, they exude a culture of being trash human beings. A jury found that she was not guilty on any account of defrauding the patients who died waiting for the for the uh, treatments that she had promised them. That is some high end bullshit. That the the companies who sold those those medications to those patients they were awarded recompense due to her fraud but the patients who died and the patients whose conditions got worse because they never received the the treatments that they were promised from her company they were found not eligible for any kind of recompense and that is why i will never trust an american with my fate are you fucking shitting me this woman defrauded knowingly for billions of dollars, companies that then went on to sell the bogus treatments to thousands of people, many of which who died in the, the, the course of this, and there is no recompense for those people or their families. Only the corporations that were recompensated already through insurance will then be further compensated through her, uh, uh, what do you call it when, when, what you paid back to the state, um, your uh, restitution. Her restitution is going to go back to compensate people who are already compensated, and the people who actually were hurt by this, who have seen no form of compensation, will will remain left out in the cold. And th- th- man, we got a mega injustice system on our hands, man. This shit is not designed to help anyone but the rich, like. It, I'm just so beyond like if they were going to say that she was innocent and that she wasn't guilty of fraud so be it I get it but to say that she was only guilty of defrauding corporations and not the people who directly were supposed to be receiving these treatments is beyond the pale that shit's crazy I mean am, am, am I being overly sensitive to the to the plight of these people and saying that they were equally defrauded by by the 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 medical claims made by this company. No, that's fair, but this is America. <sighs> that's just that how it goes. Wild, bro. You said it at the top. You know what I mean? It's, it's an injustice system that favors the rich. The rich people made sure that they got there. Unfortunately, it's just the reality of our world that poor people are used as the the stepping stones. 
That shit is you know wild, bro. It's like the Matrix. They're being farmed. <sighs> yeah, man. Like, I can't believe that they found no a jury rights. of people who found that the, the patients were the ones who were liable for their own actions. Like, that yeah. shit. Like, yeah, how do you find 12 average Americans who can say that? No, like, I can't even. Well, it's I can't metagaming, imagine, man. It's metagaming. Oh, like, man. in 2022, 2021, you got to know your job in and out and be able to control every single uh, 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 variable. <laughs> you feel me? That's just. Dude, unfortunately, that's, just... that's a good lawyer. That's how that I goes. Get, yeah, yeah. I that's mean, why that's why I've been saying so many times, like, yo, the lawyers, like sometimes these lawyers are. So I wonder if during jury selection he was just like, I have to find the shittiest people I can find. It's not I have even to find that. the people it's who lack like any heart or morals if, whatsoever. Exactly. If you find someone that's a little too compassionate, you find a bullshit reason to get them kicked out until you find the right person and then wow. you don't have any complaints. I wonder what that line of questioning was to suss out like, are you are you are your is your heart black enough? To, to, to ride with us on this like I wonder what questions they asked to suss Karee, them out they were probably Karee, good questions Karee, those kinds of people can sense their own they can smell question? it on their breath <laughs> you don't need to ask questions you, you, only, you just say a few things and see how they respond and sometimes it tells you all you need to know absolutely man I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't that difficult Honestly, me? it probably was not nearly those as kind of as people. They let themselves know be known rather quickly. And the beauty about those kinds of people, they never realize when they're being taken for a ride. No, no. On either end, the funny part is, is that those lawyers are just as susceptible to the bullshit as the as the, as the bullshit that they give to the other people. But yeah, it is what it is, man. Wow, man. I, I, I just dystopian life, man. It'd be like that. It do though, man. Like the shit is super dystopian. I'm just like, yo, that is. Man, the legal system is just publicly shit. It's publicly shit. Like, they broadcast that. They showed that all 330-some-odd million Americans had an opportunity to watch this injustice, and they didn't give a fuck to hide it. They were like, hey, watch this. This is why the jury system is trash. This is why having a judge and a jury is useless. Like, what's the point of having a judge and a jury in a trial? Like, it's a bunch of wasted time. You know, like people because the judge has the option of throwing out the actual charges that they that that uh that they're guilty of, or the jury just has a chance of saying, "Hey, I know that she broke the law, but I'm only going to apply it to these people." And I, and that's partially the state's fault for separating the fraud case. If the corporations listen, if Citizen United says that the corporation is a person, then the then the fraudulent charges should show no distinction between the patients and the corporations that were defrauded. Everyone was defrauded. So they had to go, the state had to present different charges. You know what I mean? So there's there's culpability on the state for doing it that way. There's culpability on the jury for being shitbags. You know, it's just, the whole system is so set up for manipulation. But I guess, you know, fuck it. We still got to trust it, right? Hey. You still got to interface with it. Now, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend trust you trust it. You're, yeah. gonna, you're subject you to it. You're setting yourself up to, for failure. You're definitely subject to it. I wouldn't trust it if setting I were you. Setting yourself up for some heartbreak, bro. There better be some, a lot of zeros behind that trust. Yeah, you know what I mean? You better know somebody who knows that judge. That's the that's the most important part about your lawyer. It's what judges he knows. His relationship to the judge. Absolutely. Facts. And so, yeah. But yeah, moving on from that. It is, uh, you know, never remember, never forget. 
January 6th, insurrection. <laughs> Bro, it's been a year, dog. What did you do today? Where what were, were you doing you? a year from today when crackers were climbing the wall, do bro? you remember where you were? Bro, when they that came shit is crazy. To stop the steal? Bro, that shit is out of control, man. I, you know, a year out and the fact that our government is still spinning their wheels around this bullshit, dumbass fucking... Biden is out here talking to, and Merrick Garland is out here talking about how how harshly they're coming down on the fucking the the uh the the rioters like bitch yo my nigga I'm sorry I, we've just seen way too much immediate action when the color of the rioters is different when the colors you know when or not even when the colors of the rioters are different when the subject matter is, is, is colored slightly different. You know what I mean? Because if you're white and you're protesting for black lives, you'll get fucked up too. You know what I mean? But it, as long as you're protesting and you're murdering people for the cause of white supremacy, it's all good. It's all good. We gonna let you ride. All the way into the building, through the broken doors, until we have to shoot you in the fucking face to get you to stop. We'll let you ride all the way to the point where we have to arm ourselves with fucking broken hand sanitizer holders to just in case motherfuckers come barreling through the door. That's how fucking crazy these niggas are, bro. Like, this government, man, and that's why I feel bad for people like Cori Bush who clearly have a good heart and have good intentions and for some reason genuinely think that this government will ever be something better than what it is, you know? I don't know if they believe that or if they genuinely believe someone's got to interface with this just in case it ever does somehow become amenable to this. Like, everyone keep doing what you're doing, but I'm going to just try this here just in case it ever becomes a usable institution, even though I'm pretty sure they've insulated it from ever being that. That's what institutional racism is about. It's insulating itself from ever changing towards a more inclusive environment. But nonetheless... You know, I'm I'm assuming that that's the 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 ultimate uh, hope as to why people like AOC and and Cory Bush and Nina Turner even bother interfacing with our government at large because it's clear that the the majority of the people in that body don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They 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 really don't, and and they are complicit in most of the problems that they that they complain about. You know. And the fact that they that they can sit here and spit the per, uh, propaganda and rhetoric that they do about uh, about January sixth, when a fucking thousands of it's like eight thousand people, right, stormed the Capitol, oh, I don't ready know. to fucking kill them. People were armed, you know, ready to to to, to fucking uh, uh, enact, you know, their their militia fantasies on them. <laughs> it- it was really was some fantastical shit, too. Bruh, shit is out they of control. They were fucking delusional as fuck, bruh. And so, yeah, there was some, there's, of course, you know, the news media uh, doing everything they can to Don't worry, he's going to create bail a noise out of jail. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if you got a melee, he'll bail you out of jail. He told you, <laughs> oh, actually. Shit. See, hey, yo, and we, that's we, where they fucked some up. Pardons, if they would have started a, a, a Trump bail fund prior to this and saved up, a, you know, a couple hundred milli, they would have gotten a significant money uh, amount of them pardons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Trump was giving out the pardons for the milli. I have a feeling that 
if he don't know you like that and a bunch of money from you just showed up and he was like, yo, pardon me, don't make me go to jail, your money would just disappear and you just had a bit Very likely. Very likely. <laughs> but I guess you run that case, you run that risk anytime you deal with a scam artist, yep, right? That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. When you're in a den of vipers, sometimes they fucking bite your ass. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, the news, the the, the uh, mainstream news media is out here throwing up all kinds of fucking smoke. I'm pretty sure that that whatever happened on January 6th is absolutely not the narrative being pushed. And so it was hilarious because they had one of uh, MSNBC had one of Trump's legal advisors on, and this nigga actually was on national TV explaining the legal strategy that Trump wanted to use to maintain power. As if he wasn't describing a soft legal coup. Like, he literally described a soft coup on national television, said that th- me, I was part of the team of people who legally devised this plan for the president as if he wasn't incriminating him. This shit is bizarre, dog. Bro, that's how those people do it, bro. These are the same people who were like, I'm not racist. I and just then when think the guy that says my it, race is superior than yours. Bro, that's what the, they do. And then the host is like, do, do you realize you just described the coup? Yes. Then that's the guy what is like, do. I don't believe, yes. I don't, well, first of all, I don't believe your premise. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 you don't believe do. your premise? You, he's, this word you said, and they, what they mean is that. What the fuck? It's mm-hmm. a very, very disheartening thing to see modern uh, contemporary news in the state that it's in. It's bad. And I'm sure other countries have to see this and be like, yo, these guys, man, they're fucked, man. They're big fucked. They're really big time fucked. Because, and, and it's not just us, because I mean, the UK is in a similar state. Like, the U.K. is in a very similar state. You know, a lot of these other countries, Germany, France, it's a Western culture problem. And I'm not just saying it's a white people problem. It's a problem caused by ideas that were cultivated and spread among Western ideologies. It's, it's a problem with, with, with Renaissance-era thinking running up against modern uh, technology. You know, Renaissance-era thinking is like individualism, humanism, universalism, and technology is, is, is exacerbating these ideas because while on an individual uh, level, when you aren't empowered to enact all of those things on people, those ideas of humanism and individualism and universalism aren't bad, but when technology... Uh, empowers you to take those ideals and, you know, exercise them asymmetrically over large populations, it ends up not being good. Those are very capitalist ideals. And so, yeah, what we're seeing is is that it's not really healthy to 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 proliferate that. But um yeah, it, that, that that's hitherto. We're getting too far from the point. This fucking country is really, really fucked. You know what I mean? And it's a cultural problem. It's not going to be legislated out. It's a problem with the fact that people are willing to let their governments do the things that they do and let the media portray the things that they do and lie to them the way that they do and then consume it and just... uh uh. Uh, embark on this kayfabe, this political kayfabe that is harmful. 
you can't be in a uh, in a fictitious environment when it comes to your politics. Your politics can't can't be a, a show. You know, it's not meant to be entertaining. It can't be filled with with performances. Your politics has to be filled with genuine uh, uh, concern for the well-being of large amounts of people. And unfortunately, that's not the, the core ideology that that is uh, being ingratiated in our government. But yeah, you know, hopefully one day that will be the core of what our government represents. And it, it'll be something that that, you know other countries can look at and and be emboldened by but it ain't the case it ain't the case it's not what they see in our in our mainstream media and it's definitely not what they see from the footprint of our of our politics around the world but yeah also um on celebrating January uh 6th uh my main man Andrew Callahan of Channel 5 News put out a great interview with the one and only QAnon shaman <laughs> bro <laughs> Bro, first of all, man, shout outs to Andrew. His his journalism, I think, is really going to 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 be pivotal for people to understand this contemporary moment. And yes, it is comedic in large part, but it's super important because it's candid. It's not a comedic performance. It is candid, genuine political satire. It is it it's not people performing political satire. It is people being political satire. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I I, I really appreciate uh what he did, but boy man, I appreciate it not just for the entertainment value, but I needed I I didn't know anything about this guy. I wrote him off as an idiot. And um I needed the confirmation. You know what I mean? To know that I just wasn't being closed minded to somebody who was attempting to express themselves and their political views. This guy is a fucking idiot. Idiot, bro. He's just not smart. And he's just as much of the schizophrenic, mentally ill person that you thought he was. You know what I mean? And if this guy is truly emblematic of of the crowd of people that marched on the Capitol January 6th, they all do need to be in jail. And I don't even believe in jail. And they need to be locked up. Okay? These people have... They they are majorly antisocial. They have... When I, when I say that he's schizophrenic, I don't mean that in the pejorative, dismissive way that people talk about mental illness. Schizophrenia is a mental disorder in which the brain has a hard time differentiating between fantasy and reality. And so the voices in people's head become very visceral to them. And so it's expressed through the mental illness. This person does not understand the separation between reality and fiction. They have a major issue. They are certainly on the spectrum of mental illness. You know what I mean? And I feel like a large section of these people because of the political kayfabe that they engage in, have become incapable of, of differentiating between reality and, and the fiction that is in their mind. And so, yeah, dude, like, it is very, very evident through this. And it's so crazy. Like, it, the man started out, in the, within the first 30 seconds, he was like, I'm not racist. 
I've dated black women. I have Native American blood. He threw out all of the all of the 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 I I, I can't be a racist tropes. And I was like, really, my dude? Because usually when you start with that, it means you are racist. Just from my experience. You know what I mean? Like, no one asked you anything about racism, and your opening was, I've never been a racist my whole life. Yeah, he's not smart enough to realize the mistake he's made. Like, Classic. Bro, the projection. You're not dumb enough to realize just how dumb you actually are. Oh. So everything you say that comes out of your mouth, you think, oh, I got it. I'm on to something. But really, it, you're transparent to everybody else that oh. can hear your voice. See-through. Paper thin, man. And so, yeah, you know, I really, I once again, I appreciate Andrew for, for what he does because he, I, he takes people who seem atypical, who don't fit into the norm, but absolutely are indicative of the American experience. They are American culture concentrated into individuals. You know what I mean? And so while they seem like outliers, they are absolutely fixtures of American culture. And so, yeah, you know. They may seem like outliers, but then you realize that he always finds them in a crowd of people, people just like them. Bro, perfectly said. And with that, never remember, never forget. <laughs> I'm telling you, that should be America's motto. Never remember, never forget. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what I'm mad about, but I'm not forgetting it. <laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us, guys. If you enjoyed oh, the show, you know what? What's up? They're like the fucking swarm bots, swarm bots from the new Matrix movie. That's that's what the new Matrix movie. Oh, that's yeah. that's what that's what they're referencing. Those fucking morons that you can just program and they'll jump headfirst out of a building to stop whomever that you point them at. Yep. Pretty much. That just came to me just now. It's kind of a little connection. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you guys enjoyed the show, please feel free to uh, subscribe to us on anchor.fm or patreon.com. You can follow me on social media at Kareet underscore T and, or uh, at Home Heron on Twitter or on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thank you for joining us again and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.